On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC. Redesign your organisation. Reinvent your capabilities. Reimagine your future. On News Talk. That is Horse Lips, of course, uh, with Jarrah Doom. That is from the concept album, The Tyne, which turns 50 this year. Uh, one of many anniversaries being marked at the Dublin Festival of History, which begins tomorrow. More than 200 events across the city and in some cases online, which allow anyone anywhere to take part. Uh, becoming the largest festival of its kind anywhere. And Donald Fallon is sitting in front of me like a kid on Christmas Eve. <laughs> like he can't wait. He just can't believe that this day has finally come around. Um, Donald, good to see you. This is, uh, that's undoubtedly one of the most instantly recognisable pieces of Irish music. Isn't it? Look, there are concept albums and then there is that album. And it is an extraordinary musical journey. Jim Lockhart, Eamon Carr Charles O'Connor Barry Devlin uh, and John Fiend they produced a record that kind of redefined Irish music it Mm. created a genre of music and it leaned heavily into kind of Irish mythology and and, and folklore and I, I learned something kind of interesting recently I had uh, Donald Lunny on my podcast, you know, he of Planksty fame mm. and everything else. And he was telling me that there was actually a kind of lighthearted rivalry back in the day between these two very defining groups, Planksty and, and Horselips. And when, uh, when Planksty released that great album, The Well Below the Valley, uh, in the Horselips camp, they called it The Well Below the Average. <laughs> so oh. Planksty Horselips was kind of like the, the Irish long-haired folky equivalent of yeah. the Smiths versus the Cure. You yeah. know, you had to be the rest in of the world was Beatles versus Stones and we <laughs> were doing Planksty Horselips. I, I have a foot in both camps. I think Planksty and Horselips were incredible. I know some will scoff at the idea of such popular culture being within a festival of history and there are certainly listeners who will recoil in horror that things they remember. You know, there's yeah. nothing, there's nothing as frightening <laughs> yeah. as your own teenage years. I thought that album. You tell me that that album is now <laughs> history. Oh no. It's now within the realm of historians. Uh, but as one of the programmers of this festival of history, I think, look, partially its mission is to remind people that history is much broader than just academics studying the past. It can be so many ways of engaging with things. Popular culture for one. So yeah, next Saturday, uh, September 30th Jim Lockhart and Barry Devlin will be talking about that record and its process in, in Dublin Castle a, a lot of people probably d- didn't realise because they recognise that guitar riff now and they won't re- re- realise that the album was actually supposed to be a retelling of the time of the Cattle Raid of Cooley but then again when you actually see the albums a lot of the Horselips albums were quite literally these are gorgeous albums and they, they I always wonder about the cost of producing these albums because some of the they're in, they're in strange shapes and packaging and everything yeah. they're, they're works of art and, and, and Sean Manning wrote that lovely book the, the shows I'll never forget about brilliant gigs he said you know on the subject of selling themselves Horselips have been masterful it may have been that Leopold Bloom was the literary embodiment of the newfangled Irish advertising man but several members of Horselips Devlin Carr and O'Connor were literally advertising men who specialised in graphic design and understood packaging as an art form, I mean, when you when wow. you when you open these horse lips albums, you nearly feel bad taking the plastic off them. You know, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're they're that beautiful. So yeah, they were they were works of art. And on a bit of a tangent, you know, I quite like that that piece of music we just heard. It took on another life in yeah. popular culture. Mm. You know, which in itself has become historic. Yeah, yeah. and iconic. You know, when when when. Jack passed away, you know, put him under pressure, was playing everywhere. I think we actually played it, didn't we, on every radio station in the country at the same time. I I think that it was his salutation when he died, yeah. So this incredible album has had a a great afterlife as well as a a great journey. Uh, I've never heard Leopold Bloom being defined as the literary embodiment of the newfangled Irish (laughs) advertising man. I didn't think that Leo Bloom was some sort of Don Draper walking around in the 1900s, but there you go. Um, There are many uh, history festivals internationally. You'd know more about this than I do. But this one is, is set apart by... 
or at least you believe it's kind of set apart by what you think is its key mission statement. There are a lot of literary festivals on this island, you know, pound for pound. I mean, I wouldn't want to see Fintan O'Toole's diary. I imagine he's up and down the island endlessly. And I think more than any <laughs> yeah. other island. I don't know, know when he gets to write anything, <laughs> yeah. basically, yeah. All the time. And there are festivals of ideas as well, you know, the the political summer schools and, and, and all of that. But I think what kind of defines this one, the Festival of History, is its scale, 200 events, and the fact that without exception, every single one of them uh, is free. So, you know, okay. you get chances yeah. to get into kind of unusual buildings. Uh, the Unitarian Church on Stephen's Green, that's an amazing building. Mm. Not far from yeah. us here, actually. It's a yeah. beautiful, beautiful building. I've been to a wedding uh, lovely, The Mansion yeah. House, City Hall, brilliant talk in City Hall about Charles Lucas, uh, an 18th century political reformer. But, you know, to let people in to these buildings that they might walk by and say, oh, I've always wondered what it's like mm. in there. But for me, I mean, I don't know how we pulled it off. The, the old Liffey Ferry is in it. And what? <laughs> up until 1983, there was literally a ferry, I think it was the number 11, that brought people across the river, dock workers and, you know, others. Yeah. There weren't as many bridges down there as there are today. You know, the beautiful Sam Beckett Bridge and others. Yeah. Uh, that ferry goes back to 1665 when it got its royal charter. It went on until 1983 and now it's back. The Dublin okay. Port and Dock Company brought it back. So, yeah, the chance to get yeah. on the Liffey Ferry is yeah. there uh, right throughout the festival. God, that's something fun cool. to do, if, if nothing else. If nothing else uh, floats your boat, uh, pun very much intended. Um, There's it, talk of bringing it back as going to regulate enough way of travel I wonder will the leap card work on us <laughs> <laughs> will they finally install the infrastructure yeah. that you could just use a debit card I wonder um, in recent years there's been one particularly massive and maybe surprising uh, breakthrough in, in what you might call popular history or how that's all recounted oh my god I mean the, the, the great breakthrough has been uh, the rest is history and I don't know for the, you but for podcast, me it feels yeah. like Gary Lineker is like the godfather of the podcast world you know yeah. he's moving in on everything yeah. we have the rest is politics the rest is money the rest is football yeah. you might joke you know, leave something for the rest of us <laughs> And uh, the rest is history, but yeah. nothing has really resonated. People don't realise that he's responsible for that whole empire. Yeah. Hangers, all these things, but the rest is history is just amazing. It's a great smash hit, uh, and it's often turned its eyes to, to Ireland. And I love how the Times in England wrote about it, uh, covering everything from Watergate to the wives of Henry VIII. Their chart-topping podcasts has turned Dominic Sambrook and Tom Holland into global stars. How mm-hmm. did two middle-class, middle-aged blokes make the past so sexy? Well, they just asked Dylan for his advice, obviously. <laughs> Interesting choice of words there. But Tom Holland is, is talking in the festival on his on his latest book, Pax, which is a history of the, the Roman Empire. Okay, right. Isn't it amazing? The rest is history. I mean, I don't yeah. know how they pumped them out. Everything. Everything imaginable. The only criteria being that it happened at least yesterday. You know, it happened <laughs> yeah. in the past. And the great Paul yeah. Rouse, who's often heard on this station, has been yes, on it. Indeed. So, yeah, it's kind of a rare moment in popular culture that something like the rest is history comes mm-hmm. along. And it opens a door and many people walk through it and say, maybe I do like history. Speaking of uh, goal hanger and the rest is football, one of the very clear themes in this year's festival is the idea of sporting history. And it kind of you know, in its own way reflects the year that we've come through as well with the Women's yeah. World Cup. Look, one of the big stories this year, of course, Ireland made it to the, the Women's World Cup and then the fallout that followed on from it. It's extraordinary. And, and Helena Byrne, who I think is the great authority in the history of women's football here, uh, she's speaking online about the game in the 1970s, which was just an amazing formative decade for mm. women's football. The, the, the all-stars in Ballyfermot, the team in Finglas were called Suffragettes FC. It's a great name. <laughs> and in case you all wondered who of, was playing. What a brilliant yeah. name for a football team, Suffragettes FC. And there are amazing parts of that story. I mean, the women's game largely avoided the sectarianism and the division that affected soccer mm. more broadly in the North. You know, Derry had to play in the Southern League because of violence. Yeah. They still do, Derry City. Uh, the women's team could play in the Northern League. So there was all oh. this stuff going on in women's football 
football uh, in the 1970s and, and, and that's what she'll be she'll be looking yeah, at on, I, I wasn't aware of that about the, the Derry women's team that's kind of nice to hear um, on the topic of women's sport by the way and, and maybe this is unusual given the way that we think of Ireland in the past and its attitudes towards certain things it, it turns out that we were far more liberal about liberal yeah. me, about women's sports than, than a lot of the rest of the world so FIFA sent the questionnaire to, to footballing bodies in 135 countries in the 70s and some of the responses were great one country simply replied may God have mercy on us <laughs> Paraguay, <laughs> well, Paraguay that's the whole response Paraguay really, sent yeah. back these words from their own rule book underlined football is against the natural femininity of women so yeah FIFA took very little confidence in the 1970s <laughs> yeah, sure, from yeah. those responses they said the answers show that women's football has still a long way to go before being widely accepted as a sport suitable for and practised by women so it's a great story of, of, of the 1970s the, uh, the rise of women's football in Ireland I suppose then and maybe it's true as, as with this very slot um, that the aim of the festival is just to convince people whether they know it or not that the past is something that they're going to be interested by yeah, yeah. and I mean if look I, people often stop me and say I didn't think I liked history and I heard you and Gav talking about X, Y and Z look it, it's more than a series of dates and facts in the past it's an engagement with everything that's come before us and I think look there's a there's a chance to engage with everything in this festival sports history architectural history getting the Liffey Ferry whatever you want yeah, uh, but dublinfestivalhistory.ie that yeah. that's the website mm. uh, tickets are up now for grabs and as I said at the beginning I think it's so important to emphasise that everything is free to attend uh, even the Liffey Ferry itself which is surely worth uh, <laughs> investigating if nothing else uh, Donald's podcast in which he talks about uh, talking about the great Donald Loney of Planksty fame look at him trying to equivocate both camps uh, that is Three Castles Burning which is a podcast about the history of Dublin which you'll find anywhere you get your audio online the book of the same name by Donald is the Easton's Book of the Year for 2022. Donald, thank you. On the record with Gavin Riley, Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC. Redesign your organisation, reinvent your capabilities, reimagine your future. On News Talk.